from the Front Porch Confessional, your weekly Devo podcast. My name is Jeff Goki, and I am so happy that you have tuned in today. Welcome to episode number 19. Uh, we are in season two. Uh, I've reminded you before, but uh, we have a lot of other podcasts in season one. Would love for you to check out. Um, once again, the purpose of what we're trying to do here and what I'm trying to do here, um, truly, the purpose is to uh, try to captivate uh, your imagination uh, through scripture. And the hope and the goal is that you take that and you go back to this passage. Uh, go back to the chapter. Maybe read that whole chapter. Maybe read the whole context. And the reason why that's important is because uh, sometimes it can be dangerous just to yank passages out. Um, and so I, I know that about this particular podcast that we're just taking passages and pulling them out. I'm trying to bring a little bit of the context as I talk through it. But it's uh, the part of the reason why is because I want to encourage you, the listener, to go back today uh, and dig in a little bit deeper deeper to the context of this passage. It's so good. It's so important. And it, it, this is the catalyst. So this little, this podcast is the catalyst, uh, hopefully, for you taking the next steps and digging it in, uh, digging in a little deeper on your own. That's the hope. That's the desire. Let's do it together. Sound good? Cool. All right. Psalms 145 verses 18 through 19. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and he saves them. Um, as a kid, I wasn't kind of an anxious kid. I don't know if any of you were like anxious kids, you know, but I wasn't really an anxious kid. But I have very few memories uh, as a kid. And I, uh, and I asked my mom, like, was I kind of a worrisome kid? Was I anxious? And she was like, nah, you were kind of go, you lived your life. I, I, I lived my life in the woods. Like, I was like Mowgli, you know. I, I think my parents gave me a machete when I was like 10 or something like that. And I'd go out into the woods and explore. And, and so she's like, no, you weren't really an anxious child. But I, I remember. Remember this one instance. It's so interesting that this particular in instance kind of sticks in my head. But I remember one night, it was, it was late. It was pouring down rain. We lived in Maslin, Ohio. And we lived in probably a hundred-year-old house. It was really, really old. And, uh, and I remember being in my bedroom. And, and right now, I can see my bedroom. I can see the window. And I remember looking out the window. And now... My mom was gone somewhere. It may have been my mom and my dad. I'm not sure. Um, but I remember the focus of my emotion was kind of on, on my mom. And, and uh, it was raining really hard. I think they were supposed to be home at a certain time and they hadn't come home. Now, this is before cell phones um, because I'm ancient. So this is before cell phones. I couldn't like call her up or anything like that. We just waited. She said, I'm going to be home at six. And it was seven. And I instantly went to this fear, instantly went to being overwhelmed, right? In, instantly started feeling insecure. Like, what if she dies? And what if something happens? And how will I do that? And, and I remember actually crying. I remember crying and being so overwhelmed and so worried that she wasn't going to come home, that she wasn't going to return. And uh, she did return. And I remember the joy when she came home. You came home. 
right? You returned. And then all my anxiety, all my anxiety, all that worry um, kind of went away. And what I think is interesting about this passage is it's reminding us that we're all a little bit like this, aren't we? We're all a little bit like a child going through something difficult. We all have worries. We all have concerns. And many of you, many of you are going through some really hard things right now. You know, many of you are begging God for something, anything. God, do something. Help me. Give me answers. Calm my fears. We are like children begging our Father for clarity and guidance. Come on. I can't keep living this. Give me an answer. Why is this happening? What is going on? Just relieve the tension. Relieve the pain. Relieve the suffering. It's far too much. And this is why this psalm is so helpful. It gives uh, some of us, it should give all of us, a direction on how to approach our, our Heavenly Father. And, and this is what I think is so beautiful of the Psalms and the psalmists as they're writing. They're tending to give us an overarching thought. They want us to kind of slow down. Here's an overarching thought. And here's a way in which we can understand how that overarching thought can apply to our lives. So there is a thought that it kind of is pervasive in this passage. And it's so important for you and I to grab. And it's this. The Lord is near. It's a declaration. The Lord is near. The Lord is near. Like you don't have to guess about that. You don't have to wonder. I wonder if he's near. The Lord is near. This is an o- the overarching truth of this particular passage is that he is near near. And what he is saying, the psalmist is saying is like, listen, you need to slow down before we get into the rest of it. Slow down. The Lord is near. He is close to you. So do this right now. Just put your hand on your heart. Slow down. Put your hand on your heart. Make sure there's one hand on the steering wheel if you're in your car. Don't put both on your heart. But put one hand on your heart. You can feel that heartbeat, right? Sense his presence right now. Maybe if you're in the car, like look over to the passenger seat and be like, you're here. This is so cool. Right. Maybe if you're running, you're like, he's next to you. Like he's right here next to you. He's not far away. He's right here. The the passage says you have to start there. Let's start with that truth. Receive that truth. So if that's the case, And that's the overarching truth. Why do so many of us struggle with this truth? Why is it that that it takes a moment for me to maybe slow slow us down in a podcast? We realize like, oh my, oh my gosh, I don't think I ever think about that. You know, maybe you're in a hospital room or you're going to a hospital room, right? Can you slow down there and realize the Lord is near to you right there, right? We struggle with this reality. And and this is what the psalmist is trying to help us get to. He's going, for so many of you, you're distracted by this. And so let me help you understand why or how you can understand that nearness. He says, call on him in truth. See, for so many of us, we don't want God's truth. We want our own. 
and it's why we don't sense his presence. We don't sense his nearness. We tend to be very selfish with our requests. I, I, I don't know about you, but I've tried to slow down recently and realize how self-obsessed I am. Most of my prayer requests, most of what I'm talking about is like, oh, God, why me? Why is this happening? God, won't you do this? And I'm like, oh, my goodness, I sound I sound like a little kid. Me, me, me. Give me, give me, give me. I want, I want. And I'm, try- I'm going, wow, I think so often I am so selfish in my requests. Instead of landing on truth and approaching him in truth, the truth, first truth starting off is he is near. So as he is near, am I talking to him like he's near? Am I saying, you are here with me? Thank you for being here. No, most often it's like, where are you? Where have you gone? It's like, that's not living in truth. You see, we want our truth and we want it our way, right? Our prayer life is is like our Burger King order. I want it my way right away. Come on. God, let's go. And, and, so, and, and so the psalmist is going like, you, there is a, a posture of your heart, a posture of your life that you need to embrace is that we need to call to our heavenly father in truth because wrong truth leads to wrong answers. Wrong truth lead to wrong answers. Where are you, God? We don't have to ask that question. He's here. The truth is we just need to receive that truth. We need to live in that truth. If we just want answers, we just want the answers to what we want, then we probably really don't want God. And he wants us, right? He's near to us. But so many of us are like, just give me what I want. And then we're not living into the truth of pursuing after this relationship with God Almighty. He's like, you've got to slow down and recognize he's here and live in the truth and come to him in that truth. I know who you are. I know that you are faithful. I know that you are good. I know that you are loving, but I'm struggling. Help me. And then he transitions into this idea about fearing him, about fearing God. Now, um, a lot of times as we get to this point, um, for some of you, you go like, well, I don't like that. I don't like the idea that the, that the psalmist is saying to fear God. And, and, and I get it, right? Because I grew up uh, and I was raised with the fear of God. But I think in some ways it was fairly unbiblical. I was always waiting for God to get me, right? I was always waiting like I had done something wrong and I was like, don't get me, God, right? It was so much like this is, was the behavior modification <laughs> of my childhood, Like, I'm not going to do this or that, because if I do that, God's going to get me. He's going to come after me, right? And so I wasn't living in truth. I was just living in this fearful, I didn't want God near me. No, because he would see that I'm sinful and I've done a bunch of wrong things and he doesn't want anything to do with that. But he's like, no, that's not living in truth. And and in fact, what uh, he's trying to say is, is this. This is, this is the part that helps us understanding fearing the Lord. Do you know who created everything? This helps us. Do you, do we know who's in charge? Do we believe he is a sovereign, omnipresent, omniscient God? Because if we do, that should blow our 
minds. That should absolutely blow our minds. We'll just be like, whoa. It will help us to proclaim, oh my goodness, your ways, not my ways. You are God and I am not Right, like as Isaiah says, he in light of who God is, his holiness, his grandeur, his goodness, he's you know, Isaiah goes, Oh my goodness, I am a man of unclean lips, and I live amongst a people of unclean people, right? It's just this wow. You are so much greater than I could ever hope or imagine. You are sovereign. You are omnipresent. You are omniscient. You are over everything. And that should cause in us a reverence, a worship, a rejoicing. You see, biblical, the biblical fear of God creates humility and dependence. As we think about fearing God, it's, whoa, wow, you are God and I am not. And what that humility does, it goes, and I need your help. Only you can save me. Only you can guide me. Only you can lead me. See, that's different. That's far more beautiful. And this is, the psalmist is trying to help us get to that place and get us to the place where we come to this moment where we understand that he hears us and that he wants to save us. He wants to save you. Maybe you need to hear this right now. God's got you. God hears you. And he will save you. He is saving you. He has saved you. Maybe you just need to slow down and let your heart just ease into that. You've ever sat in a comfy couch? Right, we bought a couch, and we bought this couch. We dis- we wanted to buy a trendy couch, and we went around and we sat in the trendy couches. Not comfortable. They look cool though. And then we sat in this leather couch, and it like wrapped its arms around us, and we just let it take over. This is what we need to do with this reality. He's got you. Do you believe that? This may be the problem with our posture. If our posture is we don't believe that about him that he's got us and that he's saving us and that he hears us and that he is to be feared and that we're, that we need to live in that truth that he is near. If, if we don't live in that, then it does make us feel like, where are you? And he's saying, no, live in the truth. And as you live in the truth, you will know he is near and you will know that he hears and you will know that he saves and that he loves you. All that we want, according to God's will, is available to us, but are we aware and ready to receive? Do we have that posture? So the question is this, do you want your way or God's? Like, honestly, just deal with that. Be honest with yourself right now. Do I really want my way or God's way? May we learn to live in your truth, almighty God, for your glory. So, Take a breath, reflect, and believe that the God of the universe is near to you in your own heart. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.